Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about Universal Champion Seth Rollins. Can't get rid of the Fiend. Can't get out of the Firefly Funhouse. And boy, does Seth Rollins make you believe. Or does he? We talk about it on today's episode. Also, we talk about Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. They have their match at the Crown Jewel October 31st. Last night, we get the contract signing. We talk about that and how dedicated is Tyson Fury to the WWE. Also, as a special guest from the NWA and the NWA Power Show at 6.05 on Tuesdays, the man, Eli Drake. All on this episode of the Busted Open Podcast. A lot to get into with Seth Rollins and obviously the Fiend Bray Wyatt, especially the way Monday Night Raw ended last night. But before we get into all of that, and before we get into Crown Jewel, where you're going to see Seth Rollins go up against the Fiend again. And we talked about how they painted themselves into a corner with Hell in a Cell. Now you're getting the Fiend and Seth Rollins in a false Count Anywhere match in Saudi Arabia. So this is going to be, again, this is going to be a kind of tricky situation when we get to October 31st for Crown Jewel. But before all that, Bully, and this is where I said, I want to get your perspective and the perspective from the Busted Open Nation because your opinion matters to me and the nation opinion matters to me. And I've had a tendency lately, right or wrong, to really be harsh and critical about Seth Rollins. Now, none of that has to do with Seth Rollins as a person because, quite honestly, I don't know Seth Rollins as a person. He's a good dude. I'm sure he is. And this has nothing to do with Seth Rollins when it comes to in-ring because I think we would all agree Seth Rollins is tremendous in the ring. Agreed. My problem with Seth Rollins is on the microphone. And the problem is, and this was my problem with Seth Rollins going into WrestleMania 35, where I didn't think he was the right person to beat Brock and the right person to carry that Universal Championship because I don't think he does a tremendous job of hooking you in and getting you emotionally involved. I really don't. And his promos, to me, are cookie-cutter promos. They're, they're, they're paint-by-number promos. Now, does that sound harsh? I mean, let me let me take a uh, let me take a little bit of Seth Rollins of what I feel he come how he comes across when he does his promos, okay, bully? And tell yeah, me sure. if I'm wrong. No matter what's happened to him the night or the weekend before, we've seen him go through the worst. We've seen him, you know, mandible claw being put on him and him, you know, bleeding from his mouth, blood pouring out of his mouth. And then he comes on the next day and it's almost like nothing has happened. We've seen him get dragged into hell, escape. I don't know how you escape, but he did. And he comes on happy go lucky. He's See you in hell, my friend. Seth Rollins is like this. He, it almost sounds like he says, like, he starts off, got the Universal Championship on his shoulder, and he's like, hey, guys, it's great to be here in, you know, fill in the blank, Chicago, Illinois. <sighs> yeah, it's great to be here in Chicago on Monday Night Raw. And how you doing today? Got to be excited. All these stuff that's happening on the show today. But let me tell you this, and then this is where he gets in, in, up close and personal. Let me tell you this, like the fiend, he just... 
The fiend is all over me. I can't escape the fiend. I mean, what he did to me, the mandible claw. I'm bleeding out of my mouth. I'm shitting my pants. I'm scared. I, so I don't know how I'm going to get away from this. But you know what? It's Monday Night Raw, and it's a new beginning today. And let's go. I'm your universal champion, and I'm going to burn it down. That's basically what you get from Seth Rollins each and every week. And, you know, let's just play it. I mean, let's, I mean, what happened over the last week with Seth Rollins? Hell in a Cell match. Mandible Claw bleeding out of his mouth. Correct? Yes. Not on Raw the following day. Doesn't address anything about what happened. We see him on SmackDown on Friday. He doesn't address anything. He comes out like nothing ever happened. And then he gets attacked. He gets pulled down, almost dragged to hell. And then he's so angry at the end of Monday Night Raw last night that he burned he he committed a crime. He burned down a house for crying out loud. That's how angry he was. Don't know how he got there. I guess his GPS, you, you type in Firefly Funhouse, and then you get to, you take it, you go down a couple of dirt roads, you're at the Firefly Fun. He burned it down. I mean, literally burned it down. Make a right at the last house on the left. There you go. So before all this, so near death, he almost gets killed, right? He almost gets dragged into hell. And then at the end of the story, he burns down a house. Am I right in saying all this? Yes, sir. So before, right in sandwiched in the middle is this promo. Sandwich. Chuck, today is a good day. Why is that? Because it's draft day and we are here live for Monday Night Raw in the Mile High City. All right, pause that for a second. Pause it, pause it. All right, so this son of a bitch gets attacked. He's bleeding out of his mouth. Okay, he almost gets dragged into hell. And the first time he's going to address the WWE universe is to Charlie Caruso. Hey, Chuck, it's great to be here on Monday Night Raw. I'm in a great mood. I almost got killed, almost got dragged into hell, but I'm in a great mood. You want to know why? Because it's draft day. Are you shitting me right now? That's how you start your promo after you almost got dragged into hell? And where were they last night? Where where were they last night for, for Monday night? Denver. And he's got to go up here. Up here in Denver. So you can get the nice pop from the crowd. Because just saying Seth Rollins' name, you're not going to get that pop. So you got to do the, I'm here in Denver. The guy gets the guy. They they stop the Hell in a Cell match, which they never do because they're not supposed to stop a Hell in a Cell match. But he went there. You understand what I'm saying, bully? He went there. He went let there. Ask, go ahead. Go ahead. Ask, ask me a question. Despite the fact that WWE calls themselves episodic television, are they truly episodic television like no. a traditional soap opera is? No, because they don't follow up. There's no fuck no, because wait and very I, rarely before you start do, re, restart it stop it and restart that promo because I want you to play that beginning again okay and the reason I want you to play because let me just repeat myself on Sunday at Hell in a Cell he tried to kill Bray Wyatt right I mean right he he chairs tables a toaster oven a toolbox and a sledgehammer the referee stops him from hitting him with the sledgehammer. Because don't go there. This is not you, Seth. Don't do this. Come on. You're not this murderer. Don't do this. Okay, that's Hell in a Cell, which was what? Roughly uh, eight days ago, nine days ago. Okay, that happened. All right, and then Friday, he almost gets dragged into hell. Have you ever been dragged into hell? I have. Believe me, guys, I've been married three times. So I know what it's like to be there. Okay? He almost got dragged into hell. Thank God he was able to get away. Thank God, because I don't know what we do if he actually did get dragged into hell. So that's the last thing that we saw from Seth Rollins, okay? He's almost getting dragged into hell on Friday. On Fox, you know what I'm saying? So it's a national audience, so, you know. And again, let's just play Let's play one more time the start of Seth Rollins' promo. Now, this is, again, before he burns down a house. Let's listen to Seth Rollins' promo, how it starts. Chuck, today is a good day. Why is that? Because it's draft day and we are here live for Monday Night Raw in the Mile High City. All right, pause it again. All right, that's what we get from Seth Rollins. 
All right, now, all right, at some point he's going to get the low voice and get serious. Let's see when that actually happens. Continue, Gabby. You're right. You're right. Bray Wyatt doesn't seem to give a damn about the draft. He doesn't care if I get drafted raw, if I get drafted to SmackDown. I pause that for a second. Pause that for a second. So Bray Wyatt's this homicidal maniac that's trying to kill Seth Rollins. Do you really think he gives a shit about the draft? Do you think do you do you think Bray Wyatt has lost any sleep over the last few nights because he's afraid of where Seth Rollins is going to get drafted? That's asinine. Who writes this shit? Seriously. Please continue, Gabby. I go. And that's not good for me. It's not good for you. That's not good for any of us. It's not good for anybody. And look, I thought I put an end to this at Hell in a Cell because the things I did, the place I went to at Hell in a Cell, it, look, it's not, it's not something I'm proud of. But it's not something I'm ashamed of either because I did what I had to do to survive. And I thought I ended this, but... Wait, pause it right there. Pause it right there. He thought he ended it? Did he watch Hell in a Cell? He thought he ended it. The show ended with the mandible claw and he's spitting up blood. <laughs> like, the, the, maybe maybe Seth Rollins doesn't subscribe to the WWE Network. Maybe, you know, maybe somebody can hand him a code so he can get it for free. The cheap bastard. All right, continue, Gabby. Deemed. I don't even know if, if he's a human being. And to be honest with you, I don't know what it's going to take to stop him because he showed back up on Friday Night SmackDown and he nearly pulled me straight to hell. Now, look, I escaped. I got out of there. But something clicked in me. I thought, maybe I'm going about this all wrong. See, I've been trying to move forward with my life and the fiend has just been picking Pause his Pause it really quick. Pause it really quick. You got to feel bad for Seth Rollins. Because he's just trying to go on with his life. You know what I'm saying? And this freaking fiend, Bray Wyatt, keeps popping up every... That's got to be really annoying. You know? <laughs> like, you want to go on with your life, you know, I got a, I got a honey-do list. Becky's giving me a honey-do list of things I have to do today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, like, I got to go to the grocery do- store. I really hope that the, Br- the Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, doesn't show up because I got a lot of stuff on my honey-do list. And if I got to go to ShopRite and he's there, I'm going to be really pissed off. Continue, Gabby. That ends tonight because tonight I'm going fiend hunting. All right, pause it right there. He's going fiend hunting, <laughs> bully. Like I spit up my food when I was when he when he said that. I'm going Duck season, <laughs> rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season, fiend season, rabbit <laughs> season. And like Alex Metz and I exactly the same time on my Twitter feed and Busted Open's Twitter feed at David Lagreca one and at Busted Open Radio. Both put up a gif of Elmer Fudd. Because as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh my God, he is going fiend hunting. Which I don't know, do you do you need a license to go fiend hunting? Shh. <laughs> I'm hunting fiends. <laughs> now it's duck hunting season. <laughs> Faster is an investigated fabrication. It's rabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. I say it's duck season and I say fire. See, that's like, to me, that's what you would do. You'd, you'd have Seth Rollins face-to-face with the fiend, and he'd be like, it's fiend hunting. No, it's Seth hunting. No, it's fiend hunting. And the fiend would say, yeah, it's fiend hunting. No, it's Seth hunting. And then he'd shoot himself in the face. All right, continue with this. A precious promo, please. And I promise you, before this evening is over, I'm going to find Bray Wyatt. Whether it's in the ring, whether it's under the ring, whether it's backstage, I'm going to find him. I'm going to end this. And I'm going to burn it down. All right, thank you, sir. Gotta make sure you gotta make sure you get the tagline in there, bully. Gotta. You know, if that was Braun Strowman, he'd say, he's gonna get these hands. But you know, like Braun said last night. Yeah, he did. He made sure he got the tagline in. I'm going to burn it down. Now, he actually was true to his words because he did burn it down. How the hell do you find the Firefly Funhouse? It's not under the ring. 
I guess it's backstage. He said he was going to go backstage. I guess it's there. You go down the hallway. There it is on the left. All right. So it seems like you have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a problem. You know what? I don't have a problem with it anymore because I actually find it amusing now. It's now it's funny. Now I'm convinced that when Seth Rollins goes out there to cut a promo, he's doing it to make people laugh. I'm assuming you have a problem with the lack of selling, the lack of acknowledging what's happening day to day or week to week, especially with this Rollins and Fiend uh, storyline, correct? Yes, you would be correct, sir. What if I told you that they were being told not to sell and not to address week to week? Why? This is episodic TV, bully. Because it's the only answer that makes logical sense. There's no way in hell that wrestlers like Seth Rollins or Bray Wyatt, who are very, very smart when it comes to psychology and storytelling, would go out there and blatantly disregard what had happened the night before or the week before unless they are being told not to acknowledge it. You cannot tell me that writers and guys like Michael Hayes, Pat Patterson, Paul Heyman, blah, 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 are telling people like Seth Rollins to not acknowledge things. But yep, I believe that's what's happening. I believe everybody is being told, don't worry about what happened last week. Last week was last week. If we want to remind people about it, we'll do it through packages or your verbiage. They don't want their universal champion coming out there all down in the dumps. His job is to get people riled up. This is not the same kind of pro wrestling that you're used to. This is, in many ways, it's not pro wrestling. And it's not even cohesive soap opera. It's just a show that happens this week. We started at 8, we ended at 9, end of story. Every time you listen to a podcast or go online, you get another ad For another mattress. There are thousands of them. And you know what? They're all fine. It's something to sleep on. But only one uses technology and temperature to give you the deepest, sweetest sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is the very first bed to combine dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to ensure you are getting the best sleep possible. Research shows the deep link between sleep performance and temperature. So the pod reacts in real time to your body's unique needs, adjusting the temperature to keep you comfortable and sleeping deeply all night long. The stats say it all. Customers who sleep on the pod fall asleep faster. Toss and turn 25% less, have a 17% increase in periods of deep sleep, or in a crazy comfortable bed. That's why it's the fitness-approved bed loved by athletes, trainers and models right now get a hundred and fifty dollars off your pod and free shipping when you go to eightsleepcom slash busted that's eightsleepcom slash busted e-i-g-h-t sleep.com slash busted good day braun Strowman. i said good day i do say sir we bought a ticket to see you give those hands to a certain victim this is what i love about the wwe and i can't wait to knock your ass out at the crown jewel so yesterday we talked about uh the protection of of Tyson Fury and whether or not they were going to get ultra physical and how they were going to go about this. And, you know, Fury's got to fight a rematch against Deontay Wilder. So after last night on Raw and the, and the breaking of the table and the absolute vicious destruction of that pen, what direction do you think they're going in? <laughs> First of all, before we get to that really quick, because we just played the promo, so I want to say it while it's fresh in everyone's mind. Got to give Tyson Fury a little bit of credit here. I mean, he was getting wooded, and he did a good job of getting those words out and staying cohesive and keeping his emotion going as well. I mean, that's a really good job by Tyson Fury. Being in an element that he's not used to being in, he did a wonderful job last night. Uh, I totally agree. And as I was listening to him last night and I heard the spattering of the what chance, I said to myself, wow, he's doing a good job. But I'm sure also he's being primed in the back because they're telling him, 
listen, you're going to get these what chants. We're telling you right now. When you hear them, just totally disregard them and just keep going with your promo. And not only did he keep going with his promo, he kept going with conviction. Um, we've seen plenty of people get broken by the what chants. I mean, it happened to Ronda Rousey. Yep. So, but, so good job by Tyson, and I totally agree with you. Now, to go back to your question, judging from what we saw last night, and like you said, the physicality of that pen, uh, what do you think we're going to get on October 31st? I'm not really sure. We talked about it yesterday, and I said I think it's going to be quick. I think it's going to be a knockout punch to Braun Strowman, and that's going to be that because there's a lot of people, a lot of promoters that don't want to see him get physical. And he has the gash uh, under his eye that he's got to stay away from as well because he's got a big money fight coming in February. Gish. The other the other. <laughs> The other Gish. thing, the other thing, bully is <laughs> does does somebody like Tyson Fury care? He seems like he's the type of guy that doesn't give a shit. He's the type of guy that, to me, you could tell him what to do and he'll do the opposite. He seems to me like he wants to go out there and have a lot of fun, and whatever is going to happen is going to happen. So maybe they are going to mix it up. Who knows? I, I, I'm, I'm actually intrigued because the smart bet says protect him because he has a huge fight coming up. Uh -huh. But, you know, after what I'm seeing, it, it genuinely seems like he is so happy to be there and really wants to get involved. And, you know, him doing the interview and saying, you know, he wrestles around with his brothers and his brothers are all the same size of him and he loves wrestling so much and he's, you know, you know looking forward to the tussle. I just don't – my problem is this. If you're a legitimate boxer, you're the heavyweight lineal champion, I know you can throw a legit punch. You throw one legit punch, it, it's got to connect. I mean, Braun might be able to get out of the way of one or two or maybe take some body shots, but if Tyson Fury lands a shot on his jaw, Braun's got to stay down. And I don't like what that does for Braun. So they, ha they have to find a way out of this match. I gave two suggestions yesterday – um, maybe Tyson is coming across way too likable. So I could almost see the bell ringing and right about as about they're about to throw hands. Um, like the revival were to come out or another team were to come out and say, you don't belong here. And Braun and Tyson wind up teaming up. Or maybe the revival is on the same side as Tyson. something outside of the box to make sure that Tyson is completely protected. Because I don't think the boxing world wants to see Tyson Fury do anything that's going to harm him. And I don't think the WWE needs Braun Strowman in a position where he could be harmed by Tyson Fury. Listen, uh, Bam Bam laying down for LT was fine because Bam Bam was the straight-up heel. It's different with Braun Strowman. This is a guy that's loved by the fans and I would think at some point might be a heavyweight champion. Uh, I agree. So... Um, for, for, for this alone, I'm interested in tuning in. Um, and you can't get physical because you could see like maybe if it could where Braun Strowman would get the upper hand for a while um, where he could get a lot of offense in because he could just be throwing Tyson Fury around because he is a pro wrestler and kind of get Tyson out of his game and then Tyson gets the knockout punch. But I don't think this match is really going to get physical. So maybe like what you say about the revival or, or somebody else getting involved, it just would it would cheapen the match if somebody else got involved to me. I, I, I agree that it'll cheapen the match, but they need a way out. Like even yesterday, I took something as simple as a body slam. Like I'm sure Tyson Fury can physically handle a body slam, but what if something goes wrong? Anything you go as, as smart and careful – as you can be about putting a wrestling match together, that does not mean that something can't go wrong. Hell, in a boxing ring, you could slip. You can roll an ankle. It's happened before. In an MMA ring, same thing can happen. And it could definitely happen in a wrestling ring. And there's a good chance it'll happen in a wrestling ring more than those other rings because Tyson Fury is in an environment that he's not familiar with. Yeah, a ring is a ring. I get it. But now you're in a wrestling yeah. ring. Now you got to kind of remember what's happening next. You know, as a boxer, he's acting and he's reacting. You know, uh, in, in the ring, you got to kind of remember what's going on, what's your place, what's your spot, what's my positioning, my footwork, throwing this clothesline. There's a lot to put together. I'm wondering Tyson is, is capable of doing it 
Or I'm wondering if they're just going to protect him the whole way. In Saudi, who do you think's getting cheered in that match? I think both of them. I think that area of the world appreciates big fighters. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to like Braun, and I think they're going to like Tyson Fury. I'm sure Tyson Fury has fans all over the world who appreciate him for his boxing ability and that he's a legitimate heavyweight champion. I don't have a reason. Right, as of right now, I have no reason to boo either one of these guys. And the way it's Let, set up is that you know this match is going to end where they're both hugging each other or raising each other's hands. There's no I, hatred there. And the shot of them raising each other's hands is what lends me to believe that, you know, uh, a bunch of guys come out and they like, screw you, Tyson Fury. We deserve to be on this show. Who the hell are you to just come and take one of our spots? Because listen, in, in, in real life, we hear about a lot of wrestlers that are legitimately upset because guys like Tyson Fury just come in, get a huge payday, and take the spots for other wrestlers, right? Yeah. So what if we just play that up in a storyline? What if, I don't know, two guys who are not being advertised for Saudi come out and say, this is a load of crap. You're, you're taking my spot. You don't belong here. Uh, a, a guy like Elias and maybe, uh, I don't know, one other guy. Uh, just pick them. Pick a name that's not advertised for the show that's going to be there. And they come out and they say, this is a load of crap. Elias says, I'm entertaining and the people in Saudi want to see me. And now you got Strowman and um, Fury teaming up together. You know, there's a big knockout punch from Tyson Fury. There's a big, you know, choke bomb or whatever from Braun Strowman. They look at each other. They raise each other's hands, and everybody goes home happy. And here's the thing. There's only one more Monday Night Raw before we get the crown jewel, believe it or not. We're already halfway through October. So you're only going to get one more Raw. Do you think they do anything else? Was that the last we saw of Tyson Fury before we get to Saudi? I mean, they had the contract signing. I mean, what else can you do to prolong this story? I mean, I, I would think that the, the the contract signing would have happened the week before they went to Saudi, the Raw before Saudi. Um, seeing it last night tells me that maybe Tyson Fury wasn't available the, the next mm-hmm. Monday, or maybe they do have something planned. Maybe they have the next level uh, uh, of physicality. I mean, after last night, the ending was very underwhelming to me. I, I really liked the visual of Braun smashing the table in his hand, you know, get these hands. But the thing with the pen was just it was very it was very corny to me. I get it. And and, and like, like I don't know who corny. thought that that was a way a good way to get out of it. You know, I, I'm a legit badass. I'm the heavyweight champion of the world. And I, oh, I'm going to have trouble breaking a pen. Yeah, they, they've made it kind of goofy and kind of cheesy. We especially saw that at, at the press conference this past Friday. Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, I know we don't see this often, but if they would have had two tables butted up against each other where Braun was on one side of the table and and Tyson Fury was on the other side of the table and we had two tables, Braun could have smashed his hands through, you know, one set of tables and Tyson Fury could have looked at him and said, hey, mate, you're not the only one who can do that. Boom. And he does it, too. And you end in a face to face. I like it. That would have been something. But the pen thing was just like, it was so underwhelming. It was a disconnect. Alex, you said you had something on this? Yeah, I have a little wrinkle to throw into this. So there's a report in the Daily Mail out of the UK on what's really going on with Tyson Fury and the WWE here. It states for this match in Saudi, Fury could uh, earn up anywhere uh, from 12 to $15 million for this one match with Braun Strowman. The report goes on to say that Fury could make another $20 million should he do another match with the WWE. The, The report says that there are talks that Fury could face the winner of the Kane Velasquez Brock Lesnar bout, which also takes place at Crown Jewel. Is the mail uh, a, a credible newspaper? Is it like a, is it like a, na- a National Enquirer? Uh, it's definitely not at the level of the National Enquirer. I will say it's a little bit more re- reputable. Yeah, National that. Enquirer said that he had sex with aliens. And he has, <laughs> He's he living has, in Area 51. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit more credible than that. So 12 to 15 million. Wow. Hell of a little payday, kid. Well, you know what? I mean, I mean, I wonder, like, again, we've said this before. What the prince wants, the prince gets, right, Bully? I mean, this is almost uh, like a fantasy show. But what if this turns into, like the report states, this could end up being, a if, if things go the, the way that we think that they'll probably go, Brock Lesnar versus Tyson Fury for the WWE Championship and a $20 million payday for Tyson Fury. Yeah, what's the main event at WrestleMania be Cain Velasquez against Tyson Fury? <laughs> Think and watch about it that. be sold out. 
Nobody's not going to show up. No, 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 no. There's no doubt about that. How much does a boxer make for a heavyweight championship fight? I not wonder. that much. I can't. Ima- <laughs> I, I can't imagine. Like, think about that. So for two fights, he can make up to thirty-five million dollars for two fights with the WWE. And you would think that they would try to get their money's worth out of him physically, but who knows what he's capable of? L- listen, this guy might have more of a future in the world of pro wrestling than he has in boxing. I mean, yesterday I said that he had beaten Deontay Wilder. I was mistaken. That match went to a draw. Who knows what's going to happen in the rematch? And let me tell you something. If you can t- make between 12 and $15 million to step into the ring of, of sports entertainment as opposed to having somebody try to collapse your face, come on, man. It, it, it's an easy decision. Pretty good. Uh, you know, I would think that that's pretty good. He's still a young man. I don't know if this is a young man in boxing terms. Tyson Fury's only 31 years old. Yeah, so. and here's the wrinkle in all of this stuff is that the the, uh, the boxing promotion top rank has invested a lot of money in bringing Tyson Fury over to America. They've kind of set him up on these uh, ESPN quote-unquote pay-per-views to fight these sort of easy um, opponents to really build up his allure in America because before he was really only kind of facing really only really well-known in the UK. So now they've kind of invested in him as one of their top guys in the heavyweight division. So at 31, I don't really know if after, you know, whatever deal he signed with Top Rank, if it really allows him to do as much with the WWE as he wants to, because clearly that boxing promotion has invested a lot of money in Fury. True, but don't forget, this is also an organization, as you know, he is a boxer in 2016. He was like stripped of everything, True. right? He was stripped of his championship because of some anti-doping allegations and everything else with what happened. I don't know the full story, so I can't really comment on it. Yeah, that. I'm not really a boxing guy, so I don't really know. I'm just kind of going off of what I've heard about yeah. this guy. Um, so who knows? I mean, it, he could be at this point in his career. He's like, hey, I'm 30. I can make a, fist, a fistful of cash sticking with top rank. And oh, by the way, I can make up to $35 million for a couple matches with the WWE, and then I'm going to cash out. And Why not? Th- and just so, and I'm getting this from the Wikipedia page, but again, yeah, two thousand. So you know how credible Wikipedia is. Um, in October of 2016, I guess they 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 you know he got accused of cocaine use and other things as well, and was medically unfit to fight. And then in 2018, he was stripped of all his titles. That's just a you know less than a year ago. So I guess he's done like a comeback since then. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. I'm reading right here. Right after that is when he had the comeback trail. He worked his ass up, you know, got his license back, and then got back to fighting. So I don't know if that quick of a turnaround, you know, just a little over a year, are you going to leave the boxing world and get and become a professional wrestler? I don't know. Or maybe he feels like, hey, I've done everything I can. I, I worked my way back up. I became a champion again. And now maybe he, has, he feels he has nothing else to prove. I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of people from, especially the MMA world, when they realize that they can still stay physical and make a lot of money and not get, you know, have not had anybody stand across to them and try to maim them and hurt them for real, you know, th- it helps them to make their decision. Um, I mean, you're talking about a lot of money being thrown around here. And the WWE, as we always talk about, is trying to cater to new faces. I mean, being on Crown Jewel is one thing. Crown Jewel, to me, is kind of like this side project for the WWE where you have this guy who is the prince basically purchasing the shows that he wants to see and inviting everybody in Saudi Arabia to come see them. It's kind of like going to a restaurant and ordering a la carte. So he's getting whatever he wants to pay for. But... If you're bringing Tyson Fury in now to work a program with Brock Lesnar or due to other things, I don't necessarily have a problem with it Mm -hmm. as long as they can perform up to the standards that have set before them. So I think right now, people like, if you look back over the past 20 years, I'll tell you the three names that popped to the top of my head, Dave. Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle, Ken Shamrock. Are those three good names that have come from a different world in pro wrestling who have succeeded here and performed at a high level? Yes. If a Tyson Fury or a Cain Velasquez can do something like that and, and earn more money and thus earn more money for everybody? When you hear a lot of the interviews with pro wrestlers that wrestled like in the 60s and 70s, you hear a lot of wrestlers that left the football world to be a part of pro wrestling, like a Wahoo McDaniel, because he was able to make more money being a professional wrestler than at that time being a player 
in professional football. Sounds crazy now, but you know when you look at the numbers that are being thrown around that Alex is talking about, you probably can. If you're a promoter or a booker, you don't care about wrestlers who, oh, well, he paid his dues. He came up on the indies. All you care about is somebody who is um, visible enough, has a big enough name that can put asses in seats as a promoter. Yeah. As a booker, whether you're a pro wrestling booker, a boxing promoter, an MMA promoter, what is your number one objective? Money. Putting asses in seats and selling a fight. Yep. It's no different than Vince McMahon. So if Vince McMahon looks at looks at his current crop of NXT upcoming talent and goes, well, I don't see the next big star right at this moment. Let me look out there in the world of the indies. Do I see the next be- next big, big star? Nope. Well, what about this Cain Velasquez guy? He's, he's, a, he's got a name. He's got a following. He's got a million social media followers. He's a former UFC champion. He's credible, and he wants to do this. Let me turn to him. How about this Tyson Fury guy, the boxing heavyweight champion of the world? WWE is putting the, – the, they have so many lines in the water right now outside of the world of pro wrestling. And, it, and despite the fact that a lot of fans may hate the fact that a Cain Velasquez is taking up time and a spot in a WWE ring, or Tyson Fury is taking up time in a WWE ring, it's Vince's business, and this is what he wants to do with his business. And on a worldwide level, it's probably bringing more eyes to the product. We can't just look at it as in the United States. The United States is a very small portion of the entire world. 100% true. And going to your point, too, I don't really have a problem with Tyson Fury because this is a spectacle match, and who knows? Maybe there is a future for him here in the WWE. But I don't think anybody's looking at this match more than just a fun match that's going to be a bit of a spectacle at Crown Jewel. It was a little bit different for me when it came to Cain Velasquez because you built up Brock to be this unbeatable beast and you saw Brock with fear. I didn't like it. I hated it that first episode of SmackDown. But now knowing that Cain has retired from the UFC and now is with the WWE full-time, I don't have a problem with it at all because it's a great story. So if this is the route they're going in, I don't have a problem with it. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. A lot of buildup to Tuesday and after Tuesday, how great that show was. NWA Power at the time... No better time than 6.05 on Tuesdays. You can see it on YouTube and the NWA's Facebook page. And a lot of people did that last Tuesday. And somebody who's a huge part of the NWA is our next guest, and that is Eli Drake. How are you today, sir? I'm all right, but I mean, my goodness, I don't know who that guy was talking at the beginning, but he was so impassioned. I'm so impressed with him. It's You know what it is? It's the emotional connection that that person has with the audience. Uh, I know I'm going to have to meet that guy someday. (laughs) So talk about it, man. I mean, everybody is so high. You know, the results are in. Big audience last Tuesday. And judging by social media, everyone loved what you were able to do out in Atlanta, GA, last week at 6.05. So how do you feel coming out of that first show? Well, I think it's been a big surprise for a lot of people. I think it was a surprise even to a lot of the talent, just uh, what we were doing, because... You go in there with some expectations, and at the same time, you go in there not knowing a lot of anything. Um, and especially, i tell you this, when we were in there and we kind of had a meeting about everything, and they were like, okay, there's not going to be any entrance music, there were a lot of people, including myself, looking around like, whoa, that's different. That's going to kind of take the air out of the room. That's going to kill things, I feel like. And it couldn't have been more completely opposite it kind of helped the flow of the show keep going the people ended up being kind of our music in a sense if you will uh and it was just an amazing vibe and the people were so reactive the crazy thing is i I know that those people paid good money for those tickets but there was a point in time after my first match where i was like did we pay the people because they were so reactive It, it was like something i'd never seen before eli do you think that now with you being in the NWA and with NWA power being on a weekly show on YouTube, this gives you the best opportunity to become a bigger known name within the wrestling business. 
I think so. I mean, I mean, if you look at the platform right now, it's baby steps. Um, although, man, that was one big baby step for that first week. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, Billy's got a good vision. He's got a great idea for what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, how he wants to distribute it. Um, and I've always liked uh, Billy and Lagana's platform as far as being more character-driven um, and, and just kind of letting us do our own thing. Uh, let the talent be talented. And um, I, so, yeah, I, I think this is a good opportunity for that. I think now after our first show out the gate, I think we have a lot of eyes on us. And I don't think that a lot of people expected it to uh, pick up the way it did. And I got to say, man, if you look at the feedback, whether it's Twitter, Reddit, whatever, it's all been massively positive. You know, the first time I saw you actually wrestle was with NWA Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And now here it is, I guess about nine, ten years later, being with the NWA on a completely different level. I mean, when you were with that organization for what it was back then and for where it's become now, I mean, talk about that difference and what the perception is right now for the NWA. Well, I mean, it's complete day and night. You're talking about the, a certain sense of complete irrelevance and, and now kind of, uh, you know, get, you know what? I can't even say now. I mean, they had buzz for a bit, you know, since uh, Aldis and Billy and Lagana have been doing a hell of a job of just taking the NWA from something that was forgotten about and making it something that people talk about again, whether it was, you know, going back to All In and having the title match with Cody or whatever. And now you're talking about going into power and having our own standalone, uh, our own standalone company, in a sense, um, which makes things completely different day and night, but it's really crazy to go full circle. Cause you know, back then NWA championship wrestling from Hollywood, I'm being flanked by Percy Pringle, Paul bear. You can't ask for a better setup. I mean, you're talking three years, him standing by my side. It was amazing. Uh, great friend of mine. I miss him. Uh, and now here we go. We're moving forward on into the future with the NWA. And I, I mean, you know, look, it's, it's it, it, like I said, it's baby steps, but, half a million views now on the uh, first episode of NWA Power. We're not burning the world on fire yet, but it's a hell of a first statement. Eli, I love what you said about the, letting the talent be talented because I think it's so true, especially in 2019. Um, you are very good on the mic, and I think you come up with a lot of the stuff that you say on your own. How much leeway is the NWA giving you when it comes to your mic work? Oh, my God. Uh, I can't even tell you. It, it's it's so much that uh, Legata half the time will just be like, just go out there and, and do your thing. I'm like, okay. And, you know, like, like that first, that promo that I did uh, on the first episode last week, they didn't give me really any direction. They said, give your mission statement. I said, okay. So here's my mission statement. And so I just went out there and said, what's on my mind as far as what's bothered me about the business for a while? Um, I think the reason that a lot of the demographic shift has happened, and there's a lot of fans, I think, that feel like they're kind of left out in the cold in a certain sense because I think the business has changed in such a way that it doesn't appeal to them anymore. Um, and that's not to knock anybody. There's, I think that there's something for everybody in wrestling, but I do think that there's a good portion of the audience who still wants to see uh, guys that are larger than life in a sense, personalities that are larger than life, guys that they be, feel like could actually really probably kick their ass in real life. Somebody they don't think they could go out and just slap in the face and, you know, not get a rebuttal from. Uh, that's kind of something that I miss from the old, now I wasn't around in the old days, but it's something that when, when you look at guys from, you know, you go the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, back then, these are guys that, like, if you saw in real life, you saw at a bar, you would not go and talk trash to. But I feel like a lot of the guys on the scene today, eh, there's not really that same feeling about it. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. Uh, to me, it was just go to appeal to that. And the fact that they're letting us just kind of speak to what we feel, speak to what our characters are, it, it's an amazing thing. It's only going to help us be better, help the whole company be better. Yeah, and I, like you said, it's so popular. You know, everybody has come out to watch it. And the biggest thing I think that people were saying was the old school feel. I mean, it did look like Georgia Championship Wrestling circa 1982 when you were watching that show. But at the well, same, one of the biggest things. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. One of the biggest things I keep seeing for a lot of people on Twitter is they keep saying like, you know, I remember watching this with my father back mm -hmm. here 20, 30 years ago, whatever. And there've been a lot of those comments. So there's a lot of people who are just kind of getting that 
therapeutic, almost medicinal feel out of it, also with that flair of the new. Well, I think it really focused on the new. I mean, they could have easily trotted out a bunch of like the old school wrestlers from the early 80s, and you guys didn't do that last week. What you did is stay true to the roster that you have and you giving you the opportunity to address the crowd, giving the champion the um, the, the opportunity to talk to the crowd. And, and then having that main event like you had with Nick Aldis and Tim Storm, like, you know, turning the page to the next chapter, I thought it did a wonderful job of really focusing on the future of the NWA instead of looking at the past, even though they had those surroundings like they did last week. A hundred percent. And if you, you go back to what Billy said at the press conference, he, he was saying it's all about innovating within the space. A lot of people get, you know, stuck on the idea that, you know, it's, it's this old look, it's, it's got the old school feel and, and that's all well and good. But at the same time, that's kind of that's kind of surface, if you will. Really, the the meat and potatoes of everything is how are we innovating within that retro feel? How are we innovating within that space and taking our product and making it different than anything else that's on the market today? Eli, what was your number one concern going into this with the first episode of Power? Well, I guess just the unknown. Uh, uncertainty, not really knowing a lot of what's coming at you, and and it, it's funny because you know with, with the with the whole internet, social media age, everybody's always telling you where you should be, uh, where who you should assign with, what you should be doing, and it's kind of just you know more of the same of that as you come into the TV tapings, and you're like, man, I, I really hope we can, you know, kind of knock people's socks off and blow the roof off with this thing, and I guess it's just that. I trust in, in, in the process and the guys who are putting this together to, to put something out good. But at the same time, you've always got those questions and those wonders of like, man, how's this going to go? What's this going to look like? And I could not have been more, more pleased with this just b- between the crowd reaction live there. I mean, you could even see some of the, uh, they put up some of the testimonials of people there, you know, saying like, this is amazing. I'm coming back. I've got a friend who's not even a wrestling fan. He came the first night. He said he was only coming the first night. He was like, ah, yeah, I can't make it the second night. After the first night, he was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm coming back tomorrow. And he's now was so excited to watch the show last week. So, yeah, that's a friend of mine. But at the same time, he's talking about somebody who's not a wrestling fan, who was completely turned on to the show. To me, that speaks volumes. And I think it's, it, it's taken this whole thing above and beyond what I think anybody expected just from episode one. So hopefully we keep that steam going tonight, next week, the week after. And I think we will because we had a damn good outing. Nick Aldis, yourself, uh, James Storm, obviously names that fans know. What are some of the names on this roster that, you know, the fans may not be familiar with, but that you see high things for? Man, uh, Eddie Kingston, you give him a microphone and let him talk. This is the perfect perfect outlet for him that guy can he, he's got that that new york attitude he's got the talk um man who else uh tom latimer i, I think some people know him they might know him as bram but uh, i mean he's always been great uh of course uh ken anderson is going to rear his head i mean most people know him though um i'm trying to think of who else ricky starks ricky starks i, I didn't know anything about him saw the little bits of the, uh, the the promos that they put up about him, and I just I was like, ah, I'm confused what's going on here. I don't know what this is. Let's see what he is like. And then I got there to the show, and I was like, guy's pretty damn good. Um, so you're going to see some surprises, some new faces, I think, as the uh, weeks progress on. Uh, and just it's, it's, it's really just an amazing thing we're putting together as far as like new talent, old talent, and uh, just making things all come together just right. How do you use your social media to to keep your character moving forward, Eli? Are you are you uh, big into Twitter and Instagram, and do you believe in carrying your persona over to social media? Oh, damn, I use as little as possible. I hate it, uh, <laughs> but it, it's kind of one of those. I guess it's a necessary evil in some way, um, and I kind of play the line a little bit as far as like character and and not character uh well let me ask you let me ask you this i didn't mean to interrupt you but why do you hate it it, i guess i just don't care like i i don't i don't i don't want to sit there and think about posting pictures and captions and 
tweeting a bunch of nonsense. And then, like, you know, you read, you read all the comments and the mentions and the responses, and it's like, there's, you know, there's probably a lot of positive, but then you see that one negative, you get stuck on it, mm. sticks in your head. And it's just like, you really start to focus on it, which could be a good thing sometimes. Sometimes you can get good feedback and be like, okay, maybe this is something to think about. But usually it's just trolls, it's just needless stuff. Um, and it's such a time suck, such a waste of time. Uh, but everybody keep tweeting me and keep Instagramming me. <laughs> uh, but, Eli. But just, uh, yeah, what's up? No, no, I was just saying I love the self-promotion, you, you know, because in this world, for whatever reason, like you said, sometimes it's a bit of a waste of time. But, you know, a lot of people judge on your social media, the followers, the retweets. It is really a big part of what we do in 2019. It is, and I hate it. Uh, it, it. To me, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I um, Well, see, first of all, I've never been good with homework. Um, uh, that's why I was always a C student in school. So as far as I'm concerned, it's like when I'm on TV or, or you know, in the ring and, and doing interviews and whatnot, that's, that's when I'm making my money. That's when I'm on. Like, I, I don't want to have to go home and then have to continue doing it. Um, so I guess may, maybe call it laziness. I'm not sure, but it's just kind of like let me let me make my money. Let me uh, let me do my meat and potatoes of the work on TV and let that work speak for itself. But occasionally I'll supplement it. It's not like I don't do the social media. It's just like I do it very sparingly. I might have one post a week. I might post every couple of weeks, or sometimes I'll go nuts and post three, four, five times in a day. It just depends on the mood that day, I guess. You know, Eli, uh, I loved you with Impact Wrestling. It never felt like they really gave you the ball for me. I really thought that they could have done more with you. Do you think you're going to get that opportunity with the NWA? I would think so. Um, because, well, and, I mean, you know, part of the thing with Impact was it was just so many different regime changes mm. and in and out and things like that where it was like I'd start to get some steam. Somebody new would come in, and then it was like I'd got to build up from the bottom again. Um, and I really started to get some steam when uh, Billy and Lagana were there. So I know that like they've always had uh, high praise for me, high hopes for me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, as long as I keep doing my thing, uh, I don't think that's a question at all. I love it. Again, NWA Power, you can see it on the YouTube page. You could see it on the Facebook page. It's also going to be available on Fight every other Saturday after it airs. Again, 6.05, the perfect time for the NWA, and you can watch that every single Tuesday night. And I know we'll all be watching tonight at 6.05. Eli, absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for the time. Of course. Thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Take care, brother. All right, man. 6.05, Eli Drake. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.